Hello, hello, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Now podcast. I almost forgot the name of the show, like, for whatever reason. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, we are here, what are we doing? I, it's a Thursday, everything's thrown off, but we have an incredible program for you guys, covering episode eight of Survivor 44. As always, I am joined by a few of my counterparts. Uh, Josh Verlin is here. Josh, how are we doing today? Team Danny, I see. I mean, it's okay that you forgot the name of the podcast, Randy. It is 420, so we get it. Someone had to make that joke. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, doing well. Oh, good doing episode good. last night. Yeah, I had to had to throw my, my Danny support up there. I, I knew you'd be in a great mood today after that move last night. Uh, fellow Philadelphia man. is He's from Philadelphia. No, right? he's from, he's a New Yorker. Uh, see, see, what do I, I know? Like him. Fake, fake fan. Uh, we also have... We also have Abraham here today with a new backdrop. Uh, Abraham, you want to explain to us that picture really fast? That's that's life at Ponderosa season 41. After you get voted out, we're just kind of relaxing, enjoying ourselves, waiting for the next vote out. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we just do stuff. You know, we entertain ourselves for 24-7. Waiting, waiting to see who's going to join you next. And we have a special guest for you guys today. The winner of Survivor South Africa, Return of the Outcast, the latest to etch his name in the Survivor Hall of Fame. Uh, Dino is here. Dino, how are we doing? <laughs> Dude, that's quite an intro and I still can't believe it. Like, it's it's real. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks so much, man. And, and like I said, uh, backstage, thanks so much for having me back on the podcast. I mean, as you know, um, always been a fan of the game first, so to be able to sit around and just chat game, chat survivors, always a pleasure. So I'm really looking forward to this. So thank you for for having me back. Of course, and this man, this man has been busy. I won't get into everything, but let me just tell you the commitment. So I reached out to Dino, said Dino, you want to come on the show and chat with us? And he went, all right. Well, I gotta catch, I gotta catch up on the season. And you've watched the entire season, what this week alone to catch up. Yeah, which which sounds which sounds wild, right? But I mean, we've we've just come out of like um, the Australian season, right? And I, I fell slightly behind that, and their runtime is like you know an hour twenty something minutes. So catching up a couple of episodes for the US was like a breeze comparatively. <laughs> so um, it went by it went by pretty quickly, man. So yeah, it was and it was an absolute pleasure. I've been I've been really looking forward to getting into forty four. I just had. Uh, my hands full with a couple of things but um yeah it was it was really too uh, really good to get back into it plus the first three minutes are literally a recap of everything that's happened so far so you can just skip right over that anyways <laughs> do you i mean Upgrade. yeah it, it it airs eight o'clock here eastern you're i think you said six hours ahead of us did you watch last night's episode at two in the morning no i haven't done okay. that for a while i haven't been watching live for a while um it's 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 a bit challenging at times, but uh, I just wait until a little something something's available on the internet, and I watch it as soon as I, as soon as I'm as soon as the uh, um, I've got some free time uh, throughout the day or in the evening. Generally, generally I'd wait um, until my wife finishes work and we'll watch it together in the evenings. But um, today's an exception. I needed to get ahead uh, ready for the oh, podcast. she's gonna be mad at us now don't don't throw that on us <laughs> I, I apologize dina so i i unlike randy and abe i have not watched the international season so first of all congratulations on your win uh but i'm curious as someone from another country did you grow up watching the american version or did you find out about survivor when it came to south africa oh no 100 the american version so it aired just under a year later in south africa okay um so 
somewhere around 2001. Um, and I was youngster, and I remember watching it on the network at the time called SABC. And um, I'd watched a good couple of seasons when I was much, much younger. Loved the show. Um, always thought to myself, like, geez, if there was one show I could do, it would be Survivor. That's like the dream. Um, and then South Africa had like intermittent seasons, you know, from around 2006 onwards. So I mostly watched uh, US Survivor. Um, and it was only more recently that I got into Australia, and I say more recently, the last four years. And then, yeah, I mean, always watch the South African version as well. You know, got to support our, our, our home production. <laughs> now, there is a, a few things that I want to cover before we actually get into covering last night's episode. First off, our condolences to the family and friends of Keith Nail. I know he was a larger-than-life personality, and I, I don't think any of us—I mean, Abe, did you meet him at Give Kids the World? Um, he wasn't there the year I went last year, uh, but I've heard a lot of great things about him. Um, I remember watching him on his season as well, uh, U.S. Survivor. Um, it's a family, man. It's a family of people that played a, this this crazy game we call Survivor, but they definitely pulled together when something happens to someone in it. And so, you know, it's gonna be sad because you know you kind of get a chance to meet the legends that inspired us to play the game, and we watch. And you know, when you get a chance to meet them, you get to pick their brains and stuff. So he definitely will be missed. And there's also uh, there's also some breaking news in the Survivor world as well um, with the fact that Bruce, who was medically evacuated this season, is highly rumored, highly rumored, that's the best way I can put it, to be on season 45. So, Josh, I'll go to you for this one. Uh, it, there was also some rumblings that um, there could be two more medevac people coming back for the season in Courtney and, oh, my gosh, what was his name? Uh, Pat was Pat. No, Pat, yes, Pat. thank you, Dino. Yeah. They, Dino came prepared today, so yeah, Pat, <laughs> Courtney, and Bruce, possibly with Bruce being the more rumored one at the moment. So, what do we think about this possibly being like maybe a Philippine situation where there's one on each each team? Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it not just because it worked in Philippines, but it did work in Philippines, but all three of them are in the same situation where they got injured before they could really even play the game. So I think it's a good opportunity to bring back three people that, you know, earned their chance to be there and really through no fault of their own. I mean, you can make the slight argument that Courtney should, you know, cross their arms instead of putting her arms out, but really through no fault of their own, didn't get that opportunity. So you get three returners that fans will feel like, okay, they deserve this, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't have too much of an influence on like, Oh, they played before we're going to vote them out. Like I think the other players are going to see them as, as fresh players as well. The one downside to me is I think it indicates that we're sticking in three tribes of six mm, yeah. moving forwards, um, which is a shame, but overall yeah. for the, for the three of them to return, I'm, I'm, I'm pro that. I mean, let's just put like the emblem of what took them out on the buff. I think that'd be cool. Like on Bruce's tribe, he has like the wooden beam. And then on uh, Pat's tribe, he has the boat. And then on Courtney's tribe, he has the, or she has the net. I'm just saying, uh, I think that I mean, you, you know, they're going to bring those challenges back. You know, first challenge is going to be like dive under this beam and then jump <laughs> off this net. And then we're going to take a rough boat ride through this. Yeah. Like, I don't know how the- it's going to be a combination of all three. Dino, what are we thinking, man? Do we like this idea of possibly happening? I'm so I'm so happy to hear that that 
players are given that opportunity again, particularly in the case of a medivac. Um, I feel super strongly, obviously, you know, with, with my journey in particular, probably, mm. uh, but I feel super strongly about, you know, untapped potential in pre-mergers as a whole. <laughs> Abe, I'm sure you share the sentiment. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, we'll go, we'll go. <laughs> yes, I but do. Particularly <laughs> for, for, for players who, who missed out the opportunity just through, through, you know, a bit of a freak accident. So, so, I'm super happy to see them return, and 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 like Josh says, it's in a it's in a way that shouldn't impact their game too negatively. So it's it's always difficult being you know a minority of returnees in a majority of newbies. Um, mm-hmm. There's already a heightened target, but nobody really got to see you play. You didn't really get to play. Um, you know, like a day or two on the island doesn't give you some sort of competitive advantage. So I think in terms of returning, they're returning in as level a playing field as possible given the circumstances. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to hear that uh, Bruce is returning and, and I hope it's true for the other two too. But, uh, they, Bruce would basically be, yeah. If you count him a returnee, which like it or not, he is kind of a returnee. He'd be the first returnee of the new era, which would be kind of good to see. And also if Courtney and Pat do come back, that kind of squashes the rumor that Jeff kind of put out there potentially after season 40 winners at war, where he was like, we're done with the first 40 seasons. No one can come back, which would also be a good sign. But let me tell you guys, I am a ray of positivity this week. I got some hatefulness for being so down and so negative. And I do feel bad about last week's episode. I was so negative about it. And I saw someone tweet out that everything that's happened in the survival world, both with the sad passing of Keith nail and everything, you know, they tweeted out and they said, let's just be happy. It's on. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I am happy. I'm that survivor is still kicking and everything. So I'm going to be a ray of positivity and you guys can be too. make sure to hop in the chat. Uh, Georgette has always uh, already said, hi guys. So excited to have Dino here too. Uh, We are honored to have him here. Alex said, Hey guys, are you going to be answering Twitter questions? Yes. You can uh, message us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, and we will be taking questions at the end of the show. You can also leave them in the live chat. Abraham, did you have something to add before we get started? Yeah, here? we're going to circle back around. I think Bruce coming back is great. I think he has a little bit of an edge because he has seen his own season play out. So he kind of got an idea of how you play, what to look for, and then you have everything from season 41 leading up to season 44. I think if you bring the other two back, you cross back over to this whole new era of Survivor. And that opens the door to bringing players in versus creating a whole new stream of players. And I think we just we look and say, okay, Bruce got injured un, un, doing something, and he comes back. But Courtney, it's been, what, some years since she played the game of Survivor. Not saying that she couldn't come back, but do you really want to open that door? That's going to be kind of interesting yeah. because if you bring the latter two players back, you open up the door for era, as Jeff has said, of the new version of Survivor with all new players. Because you can't keep building on the past. You've got to keep moving forward. I think you can. I, I yeah. think you can. You can definitely keep building on the past. Yeah. Some of I the mean, best seasons of the show's history have been returning players. I think I, it, it was a returning player season every four seasons. I, I mean, do no, think, no, not from the, I'm talking about from the new era. As you get more players, like we're going to 45, you have a lot of players that either we didn't get a chance to see or they, 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 they flamed out or whatever. Cause if you look at Dino's season, return of the outcast, I thought that was a great concept to give those players another chance to come out there and play and see how they actually, you know, attack the game. But how far back are we going to keep going? 
You know, oh, there's plenty going. of people to get well, in. Keep going. <laughs> I'd yeah. love to see a season of like American survivors who played 10 to 15 years ago, who maybe didn't do so well in their opening seasons, but you know, not in a offensive way, you know, just got voted out. We're on the wrong side of the numbers or whatever. And now they're 10 mm. years older or what, whatever it may be coming back. I think that would be a great season. The, the I would last... like to see a season of first book, first boots. Let's hey, everybody who was the first and second yeah. boot, let's bring long... the season back. As long as they're entertaining, bring them back. I definitely think there's a lot of players who have played a lot. Maybe maybe they're done. People like, I know people are going to hate me saying this, like Sandra, Parvati, uh, people who have played, you know, six, seven seasons, maybe they've had their time. I'm not saying, obviously, Parvati hasn't played that long. Ozzy has played a numerous amount of seasons, Boston Raw. Maybe it's time for them to retire and, and make way for other returnees because there's a lot of people who – were voted out pre-merged that we've just never seen again. Um, but now on to this episode. That And the first thing I want to talk about is how this plan got put together. So we ended up seeing Brandon go home tonight. Ugh, spoiler alert. I hope you're not watching this if you haven't seen the episode. Um, but this plan was, it was a little bit more chaotic than it needed to be because Danny said he was going to play his idol for Franny. And then pretty much the entire tribe knew about this. Dino, was this... Amazing gameplay, player idol for Franny. It did work. She got the majority of the votes, but Brandon still went home. Or was this a little bit too much, you know, tell a few people you're going to do this. We don't need to tell the entire tribe. Was it a little too risky of a play to tell everyone this is what we're doing? From whose perspective exactly are you referring to? I, I would I would say Danny. I mean, he yeah. didn't do that much wrong because he did just tell Heidi, but then Heidi kind of went out and told everyone. Yeah, so was it a good play? Was it good for the game? Yes. Did he execute well on what he set out to do? Yes. Do I think it was the best move for Danny long-term? Does it improve his chances of winning the game? Not necessarily, right? Um, I know that deviates slightly from your question on, um, you know, you know, was it the right thing to do to tell everyone? Well, you know, by telling Heidi, who then ended up telling everyone. Um, but I think I think at this stage, you're, you are impacting and changing the game. You're giving up a, a level of power and security in this idol to change a bit of dynamic. But I don't think the dynamic shifts enough. Like, you bring a powerhouse of four down to three. Sure, now it's three, 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 and that power dynamic shifts. But there's not enough of a shift um, in the sense where he's now set in stone with a really strong alliance moving forward that he's protected. He's now put a target on his back. He's got probably the biggest, he has got the biggest post-merge move so far uh, on, on his resume, and he becomes a target and he doesn't have protection, right? And now he's relying on on, on a block, essentially, who were kind of on board with this play for self-interest, Um that might not pull through for him. So, so I am concerned for Danny, but I do love the way he read the situation. You know, the way he kind of, he had told Heidi to try and build that rapport, spoken to Franny, cool, got them on board. It shouldn't have spread the way it spread. He was aware of that. When he found out it got back to Jam Jam, he was concerned about the impact and, and he had really thought like the next two steps where he's like, okay, if I'm on the other side, I'm deviating, saying the votes on Franny and then throwing my votes on Danny, you know? Uh, so so I love the way he thought that through. He's very, very calculated, super astute, um, highly aware. 
And in that situation, for him to still have the kahunas to to go and play that for Franny, I admire that. That is insane to get that read spot on and to go and do that, putting your game at risk. I'm sure there's a lot of content that we've missed out on, sadly, from from production side that, you know, conversations we haven't seen that that would have squashed his concerns, you know, which, which I'm sad to not see. There must have been more context to it. I don't know if this really answers your question. I'm going on like a bit of a monologue here. But, <laughs> no, go ahead, man. <laughs> but, but essentially, it, it's, it's going to go, for me, all of this goes back to like, you know, this was an episode where I felt there was very little production interference and direction and and and. And the players came to the fore and the players played and the players delivered in many different aspects, you know. Um, and that's what I think everyone felt this episode was so refreshing. It felt a little bit like, ah, oh, the Survivor's back this week, you know, because it felt more about the gameplay from the players rather than a produced set of twists, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and Abraham, you are Mr. Everything with everything Dino just said, you're Mr. Keep your mouth shut. Why do we have to tell everyone? I mean, what's your opinion on all of this? Is, is it, it ended up being a great move, but everyone knew about this. This could have easily, if Jam Jam decided to go and tell Ratu, that what the plan was, this could have easily flipped on Danny and he could have went home after playing the idol for Franny. See, we, we get hindsight 2020. We get to see the aftermath and say, oh, it, does, it did work. Did he make a couple of missteps? Yes. He, he told too many people, but that happens because you tell one person they're trying to curry favor with someone else. So they tell them a little bit of information. And then you got loose lips, shank ships person. Um, and this one is Heidi. She told and then Carson told Danny that Heidi told him. And so everybody's trying to move different pieces of the puzzle. Moves I like wild says something. Yeah, I think Kane said something so pivotal during tribal council. He said everybody is trying to make a move for currency. And that move has to put you a little further in the game. Now, I'm going with Dino. He made a move. It was a great move. You got a good threat out, but you left a threat in because you still got Lawrence, who has an extra vote. She only needs two other players to jump on board with her, and she can vote out anyone else next. So Danny, unless he wins immunity, guess what? He has a target, and she needs less people. And now he's been – Danny's been really vocal about, I want to get Lauren out of the game because she has two votes. But now Danny becomes the head threat because he organized that whole play. So it's going to be kind of interesting how we go with the next episode and how that plays out. Josh, is this a threat that Danny can – you know, does this really put him as a top threat? Is he in danger now? Or do we think that he can kind of reel it back in and manage this threat level? Look at Josh got team Danny up under his side. Oh, yeah. He might be a little biased here. Did I text Danny fuck yeah after I watched the episode <laughs> last night? Like, yeah, I did. Uh, I think he can manage it. And I say that in the new era of Survivor where jam jam still is a huge threat and carolyn still is a huge threat and even if people maybe don't see it but carson is especially still a huge threat and heidi just sort of told people some information she shouldn't know or shouldn't have told and if that gets back to her she so i think in this era where you have nine people left and they all have a compelling story lauren just won an immunity you know Maybe Jamie's the only one that really feels like a little under the radar at the moment, but I feel like, you know, every cycle, two days later, something could totally change, and now the attention is on somebody else. So 
I think that was a really good move for Danny, but I don't think that it's been like a one player dominant season to the point where it's like, Oh, now he's clearly heads and tails above everybody else. All right. He made a move. Great. But like, if you make a move to get out somebody else, then now you've made a move. It doesn't have to be to get out Danny. Was Brandon the right move? Like, what do we think here? Was Brandon, you know, you have this idle play for Franny and you're trying to take out someone from row two. You've got Lauren, you got Brandon, you've got Kane. Um, is that the right move to make to take out Brandon because he seems like a, what I can assume a physical threat. And that's why they wanted to target Brandon there. I mean, I didn't see Brandon as the most, as the biggest threat because Brandon was basically, yeah, let's go vote people out. And if you go back to the challenge itself, he didn't dominate the challenge. He worked with a team to get through the challenge. He got to the end when it became a solo part. He was out. What? Second one out. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was going to dominate you on every challenge. And every challenge is different. It's like it's set up to be different. So one person can't get an advantage. It's no different than Carson doing the puzzle at home. And he went up there and destroyed the puzzle. Now you got to vote somebody out. So I, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see how it plays out. But what I've made that move, and also the edit kind of left a lot of people out of last night's episode. You know, was Caroline even there? Did she play? Caroline, yeah. Carolyn. Carolyn was in the in the challenge, but she was only there and at, a, at almost a sense for comic relief because she couldn't get through it. But we and Heidi, unless she spoke in tribal and she told information about the idol, we really didn't see her. So is the editing so much so now we kind of know who's on the chopping block. So I'm hoping that we I'm hoping that to Abe to that point, I'm hoping that we find out this upcoming week what exactly went on with Jam Jam and Carolyn and Carson and they're voting. Uh, I want to point out what uh, Marion Alexandru said in the, in the comments here, like that, you know, he thinks that the conversation we didn't see was jam jam and Carson confirming with Danny that they're all voting for Franny. So that Danny knew what the plan would be because yeah, Carolyn voted um, with, I always get the tribe names mixed up. Carolyn voted with the Sokas. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and then so, Carson and jam jam voted with Ratu. With, the, with Ratu. Which is especially funny because Brandon had a line about like, well, whatever Jam Jam's doing, Carolyn's doing. So I don't think that it's an accident that the two of them voted differently. I assume that that was on purpose. And I assume that there was a conversation there that we didn't see. So I'm really curious why they left those conversations out. And then if they're going to sort of flash back to that, because we started to see them to do that now, of like wait to the next episode. And then they'll show us those conversations that happened previously. Yes. I'm sorry, great. Sorry, no, I was going to say, so, so I'm with you there. I think there has been quite a bit left out. I mean, we see uh, Jam Jam oscillating going, well, do I expose this plan? Do I, you know, pull a double dirty on, on Danny? Um, we don't see why he doesn't. So given the vote, we, we, we can kind of deduce what went on, but we don't see how he came to that conclusion. So perhaps it is a flashback that would be great or a confessional that explains that, lays it out. I'd love to see that, right? Because I'd love to see the logic and reasoning from the players who were on board with the plan, who were, like Danny said, Jam Jam was a bit of a risk and Jam Jam himself said he was a risk himself. I'd love to see from from that perspective why he decided to pick the side that he did. Um, I actually wanted to, to just touch back on something about um, mm-hmm. Danny making a move at the time and I was just thinking about it now while we were chatting. How much of the previous seasons do you think plays in Danny's mind? I mean, he's sitting with this idol. We know that the game is so twist heavy. 
at this stage, I mean, the audience knows there's no knowledge is power, but in the previous three seasons, there's been a knowledge is power. Um, so does that factor into Danny's thinking? I mean, he's an astute player. Does he start thinking to himself, well, look, rumors are going to fly. People are going to narrow these down. They're going to narrow it down. And I might not have this idol in a day or two. You know, people have been out here like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's and advantages of falling from the that's sky. That's an argument to have is are people going to start getting to the point where they are terrified to hold on to those idols and stuff because of advantages like knowledge is power because like you said, advantages are being thrown out left and right. You don't know, like I could just imagine the fear you have with that thing in your pocket, because one, you, you're already battling the fear of not wanting to go home with it in your pocket. Now you're battling, well, we know this new era has been crazy and there's twists that can take my advantage away from me and yada, yada. So it wouldn't shock me if Danny was to the point where he's like, you know what, why don't I just play it? Because he did seem very confident right off the bat. He was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm playing it for Franny tonight. It didn't really seem like he was questioning playing it. He was well, more he did, questioning. He did question playing well, it. Well, that's what well, I was going to say. He was, he was more questioning whether to play it for Franny or himself once Heidi came back and told him that everybody knew. But in terms of playing it in general, he seemed very confident that at that tribal council, he was going to play it for someone regardless of who it was. I think he his yeah. idol was still unknown. I think as long as you keep the idol information to yourself. No, it wasn't. It wasn't anymore. Matt, no, 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 no. no. I, I, Matt, Matt spoiled it. Matt spoiled it last episode. He told everybody, yeah. like, I'm 90% sure Danny has Danny it. Danny has it, yeah. Once, yeah, once we came, the tribes and stuff came together and started talking. But before that, when he initially found it, it was unknown. But... You know, again, it's never what's the right way to pay an idol. We get the hindsight 2020. We get to see that that move actually worked. And now you have an ally in France. I just think that he painted a big target on his back. Um, but let's go. Let's go to the challenge. You know, and I mean, hold on. Hold on. Wait, hold hold I did want to I wanted to ask Dino one other thing before we yes. move, moved on, yep. if that's cool. Dino, uh we're down to nine people left at this point based on the way the game is going, the shifting power dynamics, but also a little bit the edit and what, what the producers are trying to tell us. Who do you think is going to end up at the end at this point? Oh, it's such a, it's such a difficult one to answer. <laughs> I think there's, oh, man, I could make a case for. If you're wrong, we don't things. come after you. But for, hey, Before you answer Dino, I just, before you answer Dino, what we do before the season starts, we go through, and we rack and stack how we think people are yeah, going to yeah. do. I just want you to let you know, Josh is on the fence for all 18 players. He, 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 didn't commit, he didn't commit to any 18 players. So when you answer this, I just want you to know that information. That's all. A Abe's also figured out that I was kidding that entire time. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're the type of guy that goes to uh, the roulette table and puts it on red and black and forgets that there's maybe like a green zero out there kind of thing. No, no uh, it's, it's so difficult. So... Let's put it from, from, from a gameplay perspective. I am so impressed with Carson Omoed. For me, of the three pillars, social strategy uh, and physical, social is probably the most important in getting yourself to the end, right? Um, tied in then with strategy, then physical. That that's That's the way I see it. And I think Carson is incredible in the sense that he's got built up all these relationships. He's built up the the rapport he needs and the trust he needs to be able to move and uh, you know uh, move within the groups as he needs all the way through to to the end right and he's doing it in a way that that keeps his threat level down and he's doing that very intentionally very cleverly and 
Um, he's young, he's 20. And that's not to sound patronizing. It does have an impact. There's this level of like life experience and whatnot, but he's really played into that. He's, he's got this like younger brother kind of feel going for him that, that people are buying into. And man, I, I think he's playing it exceptionally well. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't get to the end or at least to the final five, you know, um, Carolyn, I, I know she seems volatile, but she's super aware. She might be this like epic character, uh, but she seems so aware and so astute as well that I think that players might perceive her as a bit of this volatile non-entity that's, you know, not necessarily so strategically adept, but where, where she is. And I think she has a shot at, at, at getting to the end, you know, because she's been able to uh, assert herself and make decisions for herself. So I think those there's that, that's the side of me that, that wants to see them go through. And that's why I make a case. Yeah. But I think players that haven't had as much screen time, like a, like a Lauren, hasn't shown much too much reason other than being in a core alliance which is now crumbling um uh, could could go the distance too but but the reality is i mean this is survivor it's 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 still absolutely anybody's game we sort of gabler you can't write a single person <laughs> off um and and like i said i think you can make a strong case for for a number of people getting to the end can you make as strong a case for a number of people winning it not necessarily but i don't think we're that far in that you can write anyone off so you're putting all your eggs in the basket. It would see this is smart. Smart people do this. They know to hedge <laughs> their bets. And <laughs> he's like, I'll give you Carson as like a potential, but then like all everyone else can still win as well. I wait, mean, wait, wait. So Dino people. makes fun of me for hedging my bets <laughs> <every> season. <laughs> no, it, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't play roulette. I play poker. So <laughs> <laughs> he's got all the cards. Oh, yeah. I did see you playing uh, Texas Hold'em, Dino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play quite a bit of poker. Oh, yeah. man. Anyway. I, I could see you as a great poker player. I mean, he won the game, so he knows what he's doing. Okay, let's let's give Abe what he wants. He wants to get to this challenge. Well, yeah. So, well, well, Dino made a good point on who we think based off of the remaining nine. Um, I like I like Lauren's game. Uh, I like Carson's game. And I'm, I'm, I got to put Jam Jam in there. I mean, he, oh, has, yeah. he has survived – Every time somebody wanted to vote him out, he has survived. And if you ever notice, when he comes back after being almost voted out, he just has love for everybody. I still love everybody. I, hey, I know, I know we had to pull somebody out. Glad it's not me, but I still love everybody. And he makes sure that everybody knows that. So that's pretty, it's pretty interesting that he is not the target right now. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see who gets voted out next Wednesday. That's going to be that's going to tell us the story. All right, now let's get to what Abe wants to talk about, and it's this challenge. So we find out, we uh, we hear about this twist, and I'm thinking immediately, oh my gosh, can we not do a normal individual immunity challenge? And Survivor kind of did like a, hold on, Randy, hold on, wait, give us a second, because I actually did end up liking this. Um, and I do have a question to go along with it. So basically they had to split into pairs. It wasn't a rock draw. So you actually had to discuss who you were going to pair with. And I thought that was super interesting because I saw a lot of people that I just thought were working as like a duo kind of get together here. You had Brandon and Kane who we've seen them working side by side a lot. Jamie and Heidi have seen relatively close, even though they have that Soka Ratu thing going on and they got together. I loved how Carson was super sick and he's like, no one wants to be with me. And Carolyn's like, I'll be with you. Sure. So we, we got these pairs and there was actually some strategy into this about who you want to be with for this challenge. And then they didn't know whether they'd be competing against each other or 
with each other. We found out at the challenge, it's basically in stages. We saw this happen last year. And then the end of the challenge is individual. I want to put this question out here for you guys. I think I understand what Survivor US is starting to do. Are they starting to do these paired challenges, these team individual immunity challenges to eliminate, try to eliminate the challenge beasts who dominate all the challenges and win four or five individual immunities all season? Because you could make the argument that someone like Brandon, this big physical threat, or someone like Danny could go out there, especially with how casting has been. You've seen less big men and with these like endurance challenges that they sometimes can be a little bit better at you know you make the argument who's going to compete against danny and brandon well if you put them in teams and or you put them in pairs they've got to rely on other people and they can't just go out and dominate this endurance challenge yada 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 so that's the question i present to you guys do we think that cbs is doing this to try to limit you know these big challenge beasts that just go on a run uh, well, I, I think it, I think it's twofold. One, if you want to have somebody eliminated, you pair up with them, and you lose. That way, you don't have to worry about them winning the immunity challenge at the end. You can use it as that as a technique. Could go strategy, yeah. Um, or you could pair it with the person that you because I never thought Danny and Lauren was going to pair up together because she already knew Danny wanted to get her out, but they ended up pairing up together, and they end up actually being very competitive and making it to the end. Um, so you all, you have that concept as well. Uh, I think the biggest winner of the night, even though they didn't win or mute or anything was the relationship with, uh, Carson and Carolyn, because I've said, been saying, I just have to put it out there. I have to have a brag moment for a second. Everyone's been saying Carolyn and jam jam are the duo. I don't think so. I said the moment that Carson got to the merge, he basically jumped in Carolyn's arms. Like she was like a mother to him. And I, I knew once I saw them pair up, I went, those two, I think, are the tightest pair in the game right now. I really do. Sorry to interrupt, Abe. I, I will say she has that same energy. If you ever meet her in person, she has that same energy. So don't don't, don't think, you know, people's like, oh, she just on TV. Don't No, she, she has that same energy in person. Um, but I think if you pick somebody that's sick, and when you get sick out there, it's not like you can go to the doctor. You, you're going to go through some sickness for a little while before they do something. So, and she was like, she basically risked her uh, opportunity to be voted out by saying, I'll, I'll pair it with them because it's obvious that they're not going to finish. And um, it's just interesting. You, That's an interesting question. Do you know something to add on here? So going back to, uh, were you saying, you're trying to figure out what production's trying to do. I think if we take a step back, right, going to a 26-day format, it really speeds up everything, right? Um, and there's a lot that I want to touch on from a format perspective, you know, later on in, in our chat. But yeah, we've got some questions for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the things is that it doesn't give players time to really play, right? Abe, you'll know this. I mean, you hit the beach, beach day, day one, day two, challenge, tribal, gone. Bah, you know, like it just happens like in a flash, right? Whereas in the 39-day format, instead of following a two-day cycle, you're following, generally, very speaking, a three-day cycle, which means that every three days, there's generally at least one full day you get on the beach to sit around, just chat to people, build relationships, sit on things, sit on thoughts, let them fester, let the paranoia set in, let that one comment, that one wink, whatever, whatever, change your thought process, or you're having this really in-depth moment with somebody 
and you drop your guard and you say something you shouldn't have or they do that to you and that changes the game though that's that's what keeps a game fluid and that's how relationships and 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 you know change or, or the that's how these voting blocks or voting lines this is how they change along the game is through these relationships that get built but in this format that's not happening right that's not given the chance to happen you know players are going you know being blindfolded put under gag order being shipped off to challenges that takes time marked up um then you get to go and do the challenge then you're demarked and you know put under gag then sent back to your 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 camp that takes hours out of your day then you've got like a little bit of time at camp and then you same process off to tribal council there's no real time to, for gameplay to play and no real time to strategize right so that makes the game less fluid so i think what what productions try to do with these particularly in the individual portion of the game is they've realized that people are less likely to play a fluid game they're going to stick to what they know they're going to take the path of least resistance and you're more likely to face bagonging so what they've done is they've created these twists to force like i mean you get to emerge a full-on merge and like this many people are at risk and only this many people have votes and, and, and that's, and that's through like draws and picks and all this, whatever, all these like floating dynamics that players don't really have proper control over. It brings a element of randomness to it. And they're trying to force that fluidity through decisions like that, which I think actually hinders the game. But I think that's as a result of this 26 day format in length. Um, in terms of the twist that they did for the challenge yesterday, now I'm a big fan that every player should have uh, the right and the, uh, the right shot at uh, playing for immunity, and I think that um, everyone has a you know unless you know in circumstances has a right to vote by nature at at uh, um, you know at the tribal council, and um, I don't I don't believe in these ongoing mass blocks of people being immune and min people being uh, available right, so. First tribal council, anti, anti. However, the way they shifted this, I was quite a fan of the way they did this, where it's like, okay, pair up. Now you're pairing up. Is there somebody I'm going to compete against or with? Hedge your bets. Now you've got to make a decision. There's social dynamics at play. Does this expose who you're tied to with? Does this expose what you think of people? Do you go to the challenge beast and try to pair up with them? It kind of it, it reveals. It, there's a decision-making process that gives up information to the social standing of the game. I like that. Then you get to compete, compete, and then you still get to compete as an individual at the end for that necklace. It, as far as a twist for this individual immunity portion of the game goes, I'm not anti it. I think this is the best one that they've done in twist fashion, if there was going to be a twist. Sorry, I know I'd make these things long-winded, but I like to give oh, context. No, how right. We to, love this, yeah. How I get to the thoughts. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you guys think on, on my takes on that, but uh, I'd love to hear what, what, what your well, thoughts are on that. You know, let's compare timelines. Okay, let's go for your first vote out. So, season 41, the first two votes out. We, we get up that morning, we get prepared, we're shipped off, we do some things in between. When you first see us do the first challenge on the boat, we do the first challenge on the boat. It's about midday. We finish that challenge up. We go to the island. What is it? That's you, Randy. That's me. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> um, you, we do. So, okay, here's the timeline. So we do the first challenge. We finish that challenge up. We go to the island. We meet for the first time. We do another challenge to get the flint. Everybody else goes works on the shelter. Then it gets dark. We get up the next day. We have probably about a half a day, a little less. We're doing some things in between. We go to the next challenge. We do that challenge. And that night, we have the tribal council to vote off. To what you said earlier about seeing what happens in the middle, because of the more length you have, you get to see how all this stuff develops in the middle. So you get more invested in each player 
and how they get to that point of who we're going to vote out. Where um, that's Josh. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but you don't. In that timeline, we basically voted somebody out in less than a day, in two days. It's almost like a day and a half. If you take out, we got to sleep a little bit at night. Where, you know, in your season, how much time did you have from the time you arrived to the actual vote out? So our vote outs, our first four vote outs, day three, five, eight, and 11, if I remember it off the top of my head, right? So we've got four... Stands to be corrected a day here or there, but three, five, eight, and eleven, I think, is is roughly correct. That means our four vote outs happened over those eleven days, and I think by this stage in the game, you've already got six or seven people, six people gone in uh, in season forty-four, right? So, I mean, there's a huge difference. I mean, you know, like for the start of the game, we hit the beach, fantastic, like earlyish morning, that all starts, great. Um, reward challenge to start the the game off fantastic you go back to camp you do all those pleasantries build shelter fail at everything fantastic spend your first cold night wake up the next morning have a day and it's either going to be one of two things either have the immunity challenge and then have the day and a half before tribal council on day three or have day two to get to know each other build those relationships um see where things go day three have the immunity challenge and then go to travel. I think we did it uh, day three. We went to immunity challenge, then had travel that night. But you have those time, that time in between in those cycles to build, form, change those relationships. And and it is exponential, like 13-day difference. I mean, that's like 33% of the the time, yeah, 33% less than, than than what our game is, right? And, and that time is valuable and it's huge and it's impactful. So it, I think it makes a massive, massive, massive difference. And it's a huge hindrance for, for your good players because your good players use that time to play through. Yeah, because I think to me, and not to belabor the thought, it was trash to vote out two players on the very first vote. That, and then for the remainder 42, 43, 44, we only went to one. Because it gave, it gave the, it, you know what, it just kind of it leaves a sour taste in our mouth from our season. Because uh, you kind of experimented on us. That was, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Josh, I, I got to get you in this conversation here. So uh, that take it where you want to about the challenge as a whole. I will throw out the the pairs that we had were Carolyn Carson, Jam Jam Franny, Danny Lauren, Heidi Jamie, and then Brandon and Kane. So that's why there were some interesting pairs there. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, on what we've talked about here about the format and also what Survivor decided to do here with like this pairs going to more of like a shorter – individual challenge here today i think one of the things that survivor has lacked over the years has been some of the challenges that they did in the early seasons which were designed purely to poke at the social dynamics um the most famous of the one where you had your three strikes and you're out and it was let's pull everybody and you know see who is the outcast of the group or who's the most least liked or whatever. And somebody would get hurt feelings about it on purpose. And they've gone away from that. So I think this was a little bit of the producers as Dino hinted, because you have to play that social game of like, okay, who am I going to pan up with parent with my friend? I don't want somebody to feel hurt. If I go to pair up with somebody else and they thought we were really good allies, there's, there's, there's a social aspect to it. So I wonder if that sort of played into it of like, okay, let's see in what ways, we can get people off their social footing a little bit without sort of outright having bullying taking place. Um, and then I think, 
I like that it then is is an unknown of okay, we don't know exactly what we're in for. Do you choose somebody who's got it? your equal strengths, right? Do you just go up with the two strongest people or do you pick somebody who's good at puzzles in case there's a puzzle involved or, you know, how do you pair up that way? Um, so I know I, I like the twist overall. And like Dino said, it doesn't end with, you know, six people being immune, right? Ultimately we get down to one immunity and it's, and I like the fact that what you needed to be good at over the first couple por portions of the challenge was different from what you needed to be good at oh the i knew the big guys were in trouble there i'm like yeah, lauren's yeah. definitely gonna take this um <laughs> no i so i thought it was good overall my question was before and we don't really need to go into this too much but my question was going to be to dino you know if you're out there let's say you'd have to take somebody's eh, whatever you're out there there's 11 of you and let's say somebody's gonna get left out of this challenge if you're out there playing this game and they come to you and say, pick a pair, you can't, the social dynamics that we have to leave out because you wouldn't have any social dynamics. Who would you go for? Let's assume you had equal social bonds with people. Like, would you have thought, let me pick the most physically strong person? Like, what would your inclination have been? Um, I think, man, if, if, so, so, it's like, I know it's a, tough, I know it's a type of somebody, hypothetical. Somebody like, like Matt, um, shame, shame that he was medivac but if he was still in the game, I'd gravitate to somebody like that because he's adept at all areas of challenges. He's shown that he's hard as nails. He'll push himself as hard as he can. He's got the uh, dexterity. He's clearly sharp. He'll have done puzzles. He'll have been quite well-researched. So he, he would be one of those like really good hedge my bets. Um, I could compete with him in a number of different types of challenges. And I'd also fancy my chances that, you know what, while he's good at a number of things, I could potentially still maybe pip him in a couple of areas if I need to, if we do have to go head to head. Danny, physical machine, I'd love to pair up with like a, a Danny, but I'd be worried that if there was an endurance component where we had to go head to head and it's kind of like a knockout, that, you know, the physicality, I wouldn't be able to compete with the physicality and I'd really be hedging my bets on something else if I had to compete against him. Um, so... Uh, I, I, Carolyn, <laughs> I'd probably stay <laughs> far away from because she's been terrible for for challenges so far. If I was looking to win win this challenge, right? Um, I mean, in our season, uh, there was a there was a point where we had to pair up right at final four uh, for a reward, and I didn't want Phil to pick me because of the social dynamic, but he was obviously going to pick me because we made sense. The we ended up using the challenge, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, like I, I think if I go back to when I was in the game, I put. Um, what does this do for my game socially? If I don't win immunity, because the odds of winning immunity are actually relatively low, no, how, no matter how strong you are. So it's what position does this leave me in if we have to go to vote and all, all bets are off, you know? So I'd play the, the social card and go, what's my best bet uh, socially? What makes me the least uh, risky or what, what lowers my threat level the most? So that's, that's where I would probably base my decision on, especially at this point in the game. It would have been very funny if Carson's like throwing up and he's like, oh, no one want, uh, no one wants to pair up with me. And Carolyn's like, I'll pair up. He's like, no, no, not you. <laughs> I, think, I think the opposite, Randy. I think he probably was like, oh, perfect. Carolyn won't be able to get, you notice I changed my name because I thought that was just a hilarious moment. Uh, um, I thought he paired up with her because he was thinking, oh, great. If she's just won't get through the net, I won't have to go in after her. I yeah, he's, he is so he's so much better of a like competitor than I am because when Carolyn finished, I was like, 
just don't get in the mud. <laughs> like that would be my argument. I'd be like, Carolyn, yay. But like, we're not winning this. They're literally digging it out. And I am not getting mud all over me if I don't have to. That, that was, that was, that was really funny. I, I mean, can we just talk about before we go to break here? Can we just talk about some of the funny moments this episode, like Carolyn screaming and um, Carson in the background, just being like, you got this, you're, you're doing great. And then we wow. have to bring up Danny farting. I mean, honestly, the ballsiest pull my finger move of all time. No. You know that it's easy to unlock sassy pissed off Jeff and you just go, Hey Jeff, and then let one rip, which I mean, Bravo production for putting a like a kind of sound like fart sounding sound effect on. Cause that was definitely, there's no mic down there. Like, so, I mean, we, we have to talk about some of those funny moments there was, that happens was, in this episode. And who was peeing on their season? Was it Australia? Or was it? No, yeah. full peed on oh, himself. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so, so I just, so, so this is pretty, Danny premeditated for points for whatever, for TV, hundred percent. Cause full that, that says, sorry to go back to our season, but that, that, that challenge they'd set up incorrectly. They were supposed to do it according to heights and reach. And when we got there, it was very obviously incorrect. So we sat on the decks of these things for two hours. We had like 40 opportunities to relieve ourselves, pee, pee off the side of the deck. What, what, what full purpose he held it in. And within two and minutes of the- uh, Nico going, you know, some others ready to go. Nick feels like, oh, sorry, sorry, Nico. And he pees all over. I'll be like, dude, you did that. Yeah, Josh, if you can't envision this, it was something to watch. Literally, they're hanging over. It was the one where you guys are like propped up hanging over the water, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he just starts peeing. It was hilarious. Um, I was, uh, I was all. Uh, well, I, I just, I just like, wanted... credit to Danny, credit to Danny, because he knows it's going to make good TV, and he's playing for that. He's he's a fantastic player. He's astute. He's playing the meta game. He's playing the production game. Full credit to him. Love to see it. Sorry, but, I just but had to, to throw Jeff, that in there. But to Jeff Probes, I mean, oh my God, the Kahuna's on this guy to do it to the host. I'm sure Jeff's going to look back and be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's what Survivor is all about. Um, <laughs> and then the... Jeff's nowhere near you anyway. Jeff is on the other side. Uh, the the last thing I'll say is Dino for a minute there. I didn't know which Matt you were speaking on, whether that was the Matt who is medevac or the Matt that we saw last night. That looks a lot like Carson. For those of you who don't get that joke, there is an instance where, or sorry, that looks like a lot like Kane. I messed up the joke. But (laughs) for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I didn't realize this at first. I actually had someone send this to me last night and said, like made a joke about, uh, I guess Matt, the next twist is Matt is now jumped back in the game but in the form of Kane and I didn't get it whatsoever I'm like well that's a weird thing to say and then it took me a while to look at the the picture and basically last night when Kane was giving a confessional they had Matt like I'm pretty sure it was all Matt's information I'm pretty much or pretty sure which is that a secret scene it wasn't it wasn't a no it was like six was minutes into the episode on the uh, main yeah. episode I'm gonna have to go back and look at that <laughs> yeah I didn't recognize it let me just tell you guys how crazy that is being someone in the acting and the entertainment side of things this is not just like when I edit these podcasts or when I used to edit it before we went live you know I would watch it once and make sure there was no issues and then I'd upload no this is like a professional team that watches it over numerous times to make sure it's all good. And the fact that's almost like the Starbucks cup being in game of Thrones. Like, it's just, you don't know how that happens. So I thought that was hilarious, but uh, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break here. When we get back, we're going to answer your fan questions. So if you have any questions last minute to get them in on Twitter, Instagram, 
or our YouTube um, live chat. And then we're also going to name the player of the episode. We will be right back. What's up, everybody? Coach Benway, the Dragon Set. Hey, guys. This is Steven Fishback. I mean, I'm definitely going to win. I'm ready to bring it. This is amazing. Team coach here, out to a quick lead. Oh, my God. Wait. Oh, I knew it was going to be this. It is not going to take much to derail a party. Are there swaps in this game? They kind of suggested that there were twists. Oh, my gosh. I just... <laughs> Each party is going to be eliminating one player. I'm 54, but I'm full of piss and vinegar. I'm not that thing for you. I don't want you gone. In five seasons of Expedition Online, this is the first time we've ever seen a crossroads like this. (laughs) I'm about to be screwed. That was the most dramatic thing I've been through, and and I went to a funeral today. Oh my god, Lori just came back. I think he's scared of it. Buddy, you gotta go. Bring them into your circle of trust. This is where great players shine. It's basically the Jolla Pow strategy here. Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the players' stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me the shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash katietedescoart.com. We are back. Yes. And we have voted off uh, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Josh. Josh had to run, so Josh was changing his act. Was it a ticky vac or what? <laughs> it wasn't. It was. <laughs> Josh was changing his thing too many times. He was. He didn't know who he was going to be with. So no. Uh, so Josh. Josh is still in basketball season, and he still covers uh, basketball. So he's like, guys, I got to run. But he did let us know who his player of the episode is. So we will get to that. Uh, but first, I, I'm going to change it up this week. So I'm going to go ahead. And we can go around the campfire, ask us all your burning questions. I've got some already pulled up here. And Dino, people wanted to ask you. Like all the questions are Dino, Dino, Dino. So we'll go, we'll get to the first question here from Reality TV with Dan 2023 on Instagram. Hey, Dino, do you see Tika voting differently as a way to hide their unity and stay undetected by others? And we talked about this a little earlier where Jam Jam and Carson voted with Ratu and then Carolyn or yeah. And Carolyn voted with Soka. Do we think this was accident? Do we think this is something they talked about and said, Hey, let's disguise that we're working as a trio and kind of keep playing both sides here. I think it's exactly that. I think they disguised their play. I think it was discussed. Um, they players can get quite precious about voting um, histories and voting the right way, et cetera, et cetera. They knew Danny was prepared to play an idol uh, for Franny, yet they still put Franny's name down. They're in with both sides. Um, you know, they've shown they're good on one side uh, by not giving up information and blowing up the plan. They've shown they're good on the other side by being left out of the vote and, and voting incorrectly and voting the way they said they were going to vote originally. So I think they played it perfectly. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was calculated and pre-discussed. 
I mean, Abraham, we got to talk a little bit about Tika. We didn't talk enough about them. And I'm going to talk even more about them when I get to my player of the episode, I believe. Um, but I mean, I think Tika is in a prime position in this game. I got to say that if, if anybody derails Tika, it's going to be Carson. I, I think that. Oh, Dino disagrees. I oh, think that's a quick that, setup. No, no. Sorry, sorry. That was, that was interesting. I'm, I'm very interested yeah. to hear why you say that. Because if you go back to where he's, where Carson's talking to Danny and Carson says, yeah, Heidi told us that you had an idol. Sometimes he overplayed. You, you got to know, sometimes just don't say anything. And if they watch him and they say, okay, you know what? Carson is really moving between both of the tribes and he's not going either way. Because Jam Jam is living. You're not going to worry about Jam Jam because he survived a few votes. He's like, hey, I just want, I love everybody. I'm here. His social game is not the what you're looking at. But, but Carson's fumble, he fumbled with Brandon. He gave some information with Brandon in a couple episodes back where he was like, Carson, why'd you say that? Because they was voting for Kane, and he tipped Kane off that he was voting for him. So I think there he, he needs to be – I want him to see that, yeah, you do have the advantage. Nobody's really focusing on you three. You know, you're the younger player. Jam Jam is the great player to be, you know, socially. And Caroline is just that player. She Caroline, doesn't fall yep. – Caroline. She doesn't fall into any category. She's just hyper out there, and you kind of overlook her for now. But remember, she does have an idol. But – I think if anything gets if anything gets Carson is that he overplays his hand. Abraham, you read my mind before you answer, Dino. That's actually the next fan question that we have. This is from uh, Will, who couldn't join us this week. He he asks, <laughs> "Do you believe that Tika playing the middle will catch up with them?" And then in parentheses, I think Gar I think Carson's going very soon. So I just had to throw uh, that out there because it kind of goes with Abraham's point here. When, when you put it like that and you, you validate like that, I mean, it does make me think differently. You know, I've, I've probably had like heart eyes for Carson for, for a while. You know? <laughs> I do too. My views are probably quite biased. But I mean, when, when you look at it like that, so maybe I was, I'm thinking I don't see Carson intentionally blowing up Tika, perhaps mistakenly, whereas I see Jam Jam as more of the risk to intentionally sabotage and just go, well, I just want to be safe, you know? And, and jump ship and go off on his uh, on his merry way. Um, of the of the three starting tribes that are left there, do you think they're the weakest bonded as a trio? I'm a little nervous. I'm just I'm just a little nervous about them because a week ago I would have said yes, Tika is in prime position. I don't know, and I'm concerned where Jam Jam fits in this situation. Because, like I said, I've been saying that I think Carson and Carolyn are, I think they're closer than Carolyn and Jam Jam. But Jam Jam, he's, to me, he's the biggest free agent left in the game. Because he seems like he's going to everyone and talking to everyone. And I still don't know if he's gotten over, even though he says he has, I still don't know if he's gotten over Carolyn and the whole idol play. And I think that's still in the back of his mind. Um, so I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. Sorry, I'm my work chat my actual work chat is blowing up and annoying me so i'm gonna mute this real fast but i'm a little that i had to put my two cents in i'm a little concerned about that going forward is but if you have to actually lies if you have to vote today to me jam jam would get my votes because he's the only one that survived tribal counseling comes back everybody else has been gone 
he survived a vote on what three times now and 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 survived and come back. He's come into the merge, survived and come back, and they're trying to utilize him. No one else really has anything they could say right now because they haven't survived the vote. They either got voted out and didn't come back. Um, they, they didn't have. We did a shot in the dark early in the season, so we didn't have to worry about that again yet. I, I just like Jam Jam's play right now. I think Carson, and I'm with you, Dino. I think if he makes it to the to the final five, he has a good chance of winning. But he has to get to the final five. And and the last question I have for Dino before we name our players of the episode. Uh, is from uh, Yes Sir Ice Queen, also known as Ian. We've had him as a guest on Survivor Social. Uh, Dino, what do you believe distinguishes Survivor South Africa from Survivor US? And that's, I mean, going off of that as well, I can't forget this other question that we had. Let me see if I can pull it up here on Facebook. I said we had a, a lot of questions. This is from Phil Russell, maybe going on about the format. And I said I was going to ask you about that as well. Uh, yesterday, another successful international survivor, we'll leave him unnamed, but he did go on a podcast, commented on a podcast about U.S. Survivor to the effect that casting, uh, in quotes, game bots and people with interesting backstories but not interesting personalities, was what is making the new era terrible. Interested to hear Dino's thoughts on U.S. characters or lack thereof. Um, yeah, I won't name the castaway, but they went on a, a fellow podcast. Dino might know who I'm talking about and said that the biggest problem was the people they were casting because in the end, it's going to be them making the moves. So we'll combine those two questions into a shorter question about the format, what can be fixed and how it compares to uh, survivor South Africa. What's difference? What's the difference between the two? So <clears throat> our producers, Super fans of the game. I mean, LaRue Buerta, EP, creative director. Um, he auditioned to be on season two of Survivor, was rejected, started working on season... Well, he actually made it all the way to the end, uh, but wow. his now husband worked for Mnet, and because the, the relationship was too close, there was a conflict of interest, so he was rejected. Mm. Then he started working as a content producer on season three, and he revived it from season six. He was the driving force behind reviving it, and he's been the driving force ever since. So there's an immense... There's a purist Survivor fan in him, and he, you know, the, although there's a big team around him, and it's it's a combination of a lot of people's works. Like he's like the custodian of our franchise, and because he's a purist at heart, and because he's a fan at heart, a lot of love and care is put into into the game and the story. So I'm not saying that there's no love and care in the US, but 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 our production really cares about the people. Oh. They really care about telling an accurate story. Um, they're not just about, they, they want to make good TV. They're there to make good TV, but they also want, they want to tell a good story. So they want, by the time you get to the end of the season, they want you to understand why people went when they did, how people got to where they were. Um, you know, why did this person at the end get the votes that they did or didn't? Or, you know, they, they really want you to have a really good overview of as accurate as possible with the time that they have a really good story, right? So they're, they're, they're storytellers. Australian Survivor is about big TV moments, big theater. They really don't care about most of their cast. They'll purple 80% of them. <laughs> give you six sure characters, do. shove those phenomenal six characters yeah, down your throat all season. <laughs> you know, it really, I think, speaks to a really big casual audience, more specifically, I think, because those TV moments and those TV moments, oh my Lord, they're fantastic. They're phenomenal. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a casual fan, but I, I don't no, want to say I mean, I'm a I casual fan, but definitely. It's a good yeah, moment. absolutely no, no, no. in love. 
I'm not saying exclusively caters to casuals, but I think it is more appealing to the to the yeah, casuals. Yeah. Whereas like your your bigger fans, your super fans, people who love the strategy and the understanding behind it, they look for a little bit more than just that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my lord, those TV moments are huge. US Survivor at the moment is feeling very like cookie cutter, uh, you know, sausage factory, um, run the mill. Like it's it's feeling a bit overproduced. It's I think. Larue puts it puts it right. I think they're having a bit of a midlife crisis now. <laughs> uh, that is the best way I've heard it so far. What they definitely forty four, yeah, for forty four. I, I, I know this is I know this is Dino's question, but I did just want to add on to that comment and say yeah. I have been thinking about this. They are so scared, and I don't know if it's CBS getting into the writers' heads and being like, "Look, we have to have something new if we're going to keep you on TV," but like. They are so scared that if they don't change it up, people are going to stop watching. When in reality, people are going to stop watching because you change it up. There was no reason to change it up. Yes, you need to invent some new twists. But in terms of changing the format and you know shortening the days and to make it a faster game and giving them less stuff and then all these advantages and idols mixed into that, it, they're, they're trying too hard, Dino. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I agree a thousand percent. Yeah, so so that's where I'm at. However, do I think it's it comes from a bad place? Not at all. I think they care a lot about their product, what they're putting out there. I think Jeff cares immensely about Survivor. I mean, he is father Survivor himself. You know, like um, I think I think you know it's it's his child, it's his baby. He, you know, maybe the baby's struggling to get off his couch. It's now forty old. You know, stuck at home at the moment. It's you know you're a bit disappointed in it, but like he he loves it to death. So I don't think there's any any ill intent here. They're, they're doing their best to try and make it as entertaining and fun as possible, right? But I think it's gotten to the stage where you've got such a long history of the game being a certain way and small changes to the game every so often or, or over a period of time was a good thing for the game because it kept it fresh, it kept it from becoming stale, which is the same thing I said, you know, just using different words. I don't know why I'm repeating <laughs> myself, but... Um, and and it helped the game progress and it gave the game longevity. So change actually gave survival longevity. And now there's probably just a bit they're trying too many things at once. I do believe though that they're astute enough to to take that into account. They've they've given it a fair trial. They'll probably continue to give it a fair trial. And mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be scared to change back to certain things. Maybe they've pushed the boundaries too far. They're gonna find where those boundaries are, what the audience likes, what it doesn't like, and they're gonna refine that product again. But they definitely have I don't think they've got bad intentions at all. I think, I think, I think it will come right. I think it will come right. Eventually. I like to add on to what Dino is saying. Um, in preparation, when I got selected to be on the the new, I didn't know. First of all, everybody that was on forty one didn't know there was a new era of Survivor coming. So I like the fact that they were changing things, but we didn't find that out until we actually arrived there. The production team that you meet, they're vested in the success of the show. They're great. Even when you go through the whole interviewing process, the evaluation process, even the meeting of everybody, they're evaluating you to see if you want, if you're a storyteller. They, they want to be, can you engage with each other? Can you engage? Is that group of people the right group of people? And sometimes it's experiment because some people don't show you who they really are until you see them in a different light. And But I will say meeting the productions, talking to them, great group. They're investing in making Survivor the best show and continue the growth of Survivor. Now, saying that, was there a bunch of hiccups? There were plenty of hiccups. (laughs) But as you see from 41 to 44, they've continued to wash out 
hiccups and try new things. Because coming into Survivor, I just assumed looking at all previous Survivor episodes to get prepared for it, there were going to be two. There was going to be two tribes, or there was going to be more people. But to Dino's South Africa seasons and to Australia seasons, the viewer has to get invested in the players, and you give up that when you cut the time down. There is no way to get invested in the players because you don't have that much time. We basically only look at U.S. Survivor for the challenge, the vote out. That's all we look at for. We don't see the relationships in the middle, nor do we see them develop enough to say, I like a Carson. We're just picking one or two things out really quickly and saying, I like them, where if you give out 30 more minutes and show camp life and see the development. There was, an, there was a part in um, the challenge where um, we saw the challenge come to an end. We saw Lauren win, and we saw Danny walk off, and we saw Yam Yam, Jam Jam come up to, to Danny, and he was visibly like, "Ah, oh, just get off me. I, I got, I need a moment." We want to see that. We want to see that type of interaction, that type of relationship, because it only takes a little thing for you to say, "I want to vote somebody off." Well, I want to see that happen, so I know why uh, Jam Jam wants to vote him off next episode. But we only got like a snippet of it. So we don't see that develop. And I think they, they need to figure or uh, try to get a balance in that. How do we balance giving you more of the players, but also keeping that core thing of Survivor? And it's just been it's, it's been kind of up and down. But I, I will say this as a player and a person that can look and see what changes have been made. I'm great. I'm glad that they've made these changes. I'm glad they continue. To, the birdcage was introduced this season. I thought it was a great dynamic to the game. But it's just, you, uh, you know, you're right. What do you give up to get, and what do you have to bring back to keep? You got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, Randy. Oh no, go ahead. The <clears throat> I, I agree with, with with what you're saying, and I think I mean to to go to to the changes. I think a non-negotiable for me is to go back to a 39-day format. For me, um, yeah. the starting the three starting tribes, so small tribes. It's I I, I don't like it. I think it's it. it it prevents you even further from exploring tribe dynamics because now you split amongst three tribes versus, you know, two tribes. Um, the pure numbers makes the game interesting and more fluid, even pre-merge. A tribe swap, a proper tribe swap, you know, changes the dynamics. And then thereafter going into merge with these mixed up relationships, what stands longer, what's what's more important, which which one holds more ground, whatever. You know, that, that is super interesting stuff. And that creates like a fluid game without the pressures of like advantage, advantage, advantage. So you can still inject new twists, new things, um, new ways to shake things up without making that the core focus, right? You, you, you were talking about a bit about casting. I think their casting has been great. I think they're casting phenomenal characters. I mean, I've loved the 41, 42, 43, 44 casts, you know, I think, I think they've done a phenomenal job. I do feel that perhaps they could do, uh, they can they can cast a few of the the older school type where we're casting very fan heavy casts at this stage where yeah. you can maybe step back, much. yeah. And and I say this is a fan. I want to see fans on the show. I really do. I love seeing fans on the show, right? But I do want to see those people who who haven't watched the show and who aren't massive fans of the show who aren't as I don't want to say game botty because a lot of these players are like emotional. But you just want to win a million dollars. They don't care just, about like the. the the play okay, that's what we need like i'm so sick and tired of people getting eliminated eliminated and then like clapping for them like matt was smiling on the jury bench and someone said why is he smiling when he just got voted out of a million dollar game 
Like, yeah, bring exactly. back the pettiness. Yeah, hundred percent. Like <laughs> I, I, I personally, so I'm not. I'm not like I'm very much. There's no need to be malicious. There's yeah, no well, need yes. for feuds. I'm very much like personally. I'm like you know what? I can respect the game because I'm this massive fan of the game. Do I want to see twenty of me play the game? No, no, no <laughs> yeah. boring as well, dude. Like, no, oh, I think it'd be amazing, but yeah, no, no, no ways, dude. <laughs> like, you want to see like players who who aren't as socially aware necessarily. Not that we're saying everyone's socially aware, but you want to see players who who make those missteps, who don't understand the game, who make errors, obvious, clear, and obvious errors, and you sit there like smashing your like hands against your face in the couch, going, "Why, why, why?" It's so you know, like, yeah, and and players who think it's this is all about a physical game, and they're their the values for the game are like completely skewed compared to somebody else's values for the game. So I do I do want to see a bit more of a mix, but do I like the people that they've been casting on the whole? Oh, oh. absolutely. I think and I think that's the shame that 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 there is is because they're casting such great players, such great characters, and they're not giving them the opportunity to play. They're they're freaking herding them into a particular framework and structure that doesn't give them this ability to move freely. And they're telling them what to do and directing them way too much. Whereas if you let, if you kind of like let them off their leads, man, all chaos would ensue and they'd, 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 they'd shock you and surprise you. I, I would, you know, you're right. I wouldn't go to 39 days if you're not going to, but I would increase it from 26 up to, let's say, here's the thing about it is. That's, and that's what just they go to 39 days. I don't know no, why. No, we can't. I think it's a financial reason. Like, just go to no, 39 well, days. You've done it for decades. But here's the thing 39 days with. Three tribes of three, it's just it's just too long. You got to either no. come back together and bring two, two tribes, because yeah. we we stuck with the same thing. We just got a longer period of time, and you kind of gap it out. Because every other every day, so we'd wake up that morning, that night, every other day, the next day we would have somebody coming that got voted out, and you're like, okay, I, I never really got to meet or got to you know. And it's funny. Here's the funny part: people will meet me in person, and they'll be like, we didn't think you were that funny, and these are people on my tribe. They was like, we didn't think he was that funny. You never seemed like you showed it. Because, one, we got up early that morning. I didn't eat anything. I don't compete all day. I'm exhausted. And we still have to build a shelter. I'm not going to really be the most bubbly person in the world. I'm being like, let's just, let's just try to get some sleep. So you never develop the relationship within your own tribe, which you need those tools to say, who are we going to vote out? Why are we going to vote out? I didn't ask one of the players until a year, a year and a half later, why he voted for me. It was a year and a half later before I wanted to talk about it. And he was like, well, you were stronger than me, and I wanted the tribe to depend on me. And I was like, what? I'm older than you by 20 years. But again, I would have rather that developed and let that be either we work together or we work against each other, but we just had a short amount of time. I'm going to have to in, in, uh, interrupt here just to say, Alex, do the Twitter questions. I don't see them. I've been checking, so we'll try to figure that out, but I just don't see them today. Uh, I'm actually the one that's running out of time here. We are running a bit long, and usually I'd be down for that. What I do I, I do work tonight, so I got to get off pretty soon. But before we do that, I do want to go ahead and ask. Um, last week, Lauren won Player of the Week. We implemented our new voting tactic where we will give you options of who we think are player of the weeks. And then we will post them on Instagram for you guys to vote on them. So Dino, I'll start with you, my friend, who do you think should be player of the week? There's a lot of great options here. Yeah. So do I think this person ends up in the best position at the end of this week? No, but I definitely think, you know, Danny had a plan. He set that 
plan in motion. It nearly derailed, but it didn't. It executed on point. He had a good read. There were reasons why he, that could have gone completely haywire, and it didn't. Um, and I think he is highly astute. So uh, on that basis, I've got to say Danny, player of the week, it seems like an obvious choice. But I don't necessarily think he comes out of this in the best position, as, mm. as, even though that's contradictory. But he had a plan. <laughs> He For this managed episode, to execute though. the plan. Yeah, <laughs> he had a plan. He managed to get that plan in motion. Heard the cats, and uh, you know the vote went the right way, and it was executed perfectly. So, so well done, Tim. That's not an easy thing to do, and it's a very ballsy thing to do to play your idol for somebody else. I cannot stress that enough. Oh my lord, that is it's crazy. <laughs> I can't even imagine like the the butterflies in your stomach or not even butterfly you get what i'm trying to say the nerves in your stomach that happened abraham do we agree let's let's get josh's let's get josh's oh i I did i I did forget about josh uh josh told me danny 75 percent because of the fart and 25 percent because the idol play (laughs) so i mean that was yeah thank you for reminding me but josh also thinks that it should be danny abraham uh are you hopping on the danny train no um I'm going to go with Lauren. <laughs> so, Ooh, going back to back, I, maybe. I love challenges. I love all the challenges from South Africa to Australia to U.S. I love a good challenge. And anybody that can compete and beat their fellow castmates in a challenge, she beat some good players. Danny is an excellent player. And Danny was visibly shook when he didn't win. I like that. Because, you know, you never know who can win a challenge. And I love that. So for my player of the week, don't be Lauren. I'll play. I'll play the differing factor here again because I want you guys to have more than two options. I'm going to throw out Jam Jam's name again. And last week he was up for a nomination because of his social game that kept him in the game. This week I'm going to throw his name out there because of his social game that not only took him from the bottom. He's been on the bottom and a vote now for a few weeks, and he didn't get any votes at this tribal council. And I think that's a play mm-hmm. onto his social game. I think he did great lining himself up with many options going forward. Yes, he could have went to Ratu and told them the plan. He didn't, but then still decided to vote with Ratu, and he was part of that plan. So he was able to stay face with uh, the powers at Ratu and the powers at Soka, and he still has Carolyn and Carson who trust him as well. I think Jam Jam's in a great position. Like I said earlier, I think he's a huge free agent in this game. And I think moving forward, he's got a lot of options on how he wants to get to the end. And if he does get to the end, I I think he's going to have a story, uh, an underdog story. Will that be enough? I don't know. Um, before we wrap up here, I do have a couple things to let you guys know of what's coming up as Abraham gets a phone call here. It's going to be perfect timing. So tomorrow, uh, Survivor Social will be on with David and Tegwith. They're planning about noon tomorrow. If you guys want to check back on our Total Drama After Dark cast assessment, that is available now. Yes, we are covering the entirety of Total Drama Island, the reboot that came out this year. You can join myself and David. And yes, we we got the Total Drama treatment as well. So that is available. And the last time I'll advertise this, we did get to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend, the poppy, or whatever his shirt said, uh, Jerry Gelch, runner-up of Survivor Australia, Heroes versus Villains, after the game, is available now on our YouTube page. So, yes, hey, Jer- you guys Jerry's can- a great guy. 
you you guys can check out all of that content there. Um, Another news I'll put out, we'll talk more about it a little later on a show, Uh, but Jeff Probst has talked about sequestering the jury, separating them because we've had three blowout wins in a row. So he's talked about separating the jury potentially, making sure they don't have any interaction so they can't influence one another. I'll just put it out there. Gentlemen, I'll I'll give you a a quick comment if you want to add on to this. I'll just put it out there. I don't think that's going to fix anything. I think the jury's still going to influence each other. And isn't that the point of a jury to talk and discuss who they think should win? That Jeff is trying to think of ways to to make, like you said, Dino, make TV, overproduce it, because we've had three blowout wins in a row. I mean, Dino. I like to, I like to be first, Dino. I hate it. Look, and I'm going I'm to use, use artwork. To, you see the picture behind me? We <laughs> have nothing to do in Ponderosa but be with each other nothing so, imagine, yeah imagine taking that away now what are we gonna do besides sit and talk with each other and be with each other because literally you have the people that are there the staff that does whoever the staff does then you have uh the team that takes care of us to make sure if we got something happen but other than that it's just us so what would you sequester them to do to sit back in a room and just kind of sit there i think that would be worse and here's, here's and just the, and just think about how they got eliminated. That wouldn't be yeah. healthy mental, <laughs> mentally yeah. wise either. It, you're right. You're right, Randy. Because here's the thing about it is, I don't know about for Dino because Dino is a winner. But for <laughs> us that wasn't a winner, well, no, I'm gonna go to the first Dino, not the new Dino. I need a, the old Dino. When you're voted out, all you do is replay the game, and it just it it it, it consumes you, and you really don't want somebody to be by themselves. And they're just consumed by, man, what could I do differently? Maybe I should have done this. And then when you add another player, I got to go talk to him. What, what, why'd you vote me out? What, what was the reason you voted? And it's just sometimes it can be a little contentious, but I think it's a bad idea to separate people once they've gone through that experience because it does have a positive and a negative to it. That's my two cents. Do you know anything to add on here? So on that, um, definitely, uh, traditionally, pre-merge South Africa from season seven before you would fly out 48 hours, you'd be home, right? If you're a pre-merge. Season eight, you got a few days decompression. And depending on what the psychologist felt, you'd you'd be there between three to six days, maybe seven or eight days, right? But you'd get a chance to see the other players come in um, at where Ponderosa eventually was. And you got to bond with these players Form friendships. I mean, that's how Carla and I bonded. Uh, we never met each other in the game. We became really, really good friends and really good support systems for each other going forward from there. So you still take something really epic away from the game, and it's a big part of the healing process, right? From the jury perspective, I think it's a great way for juries to share stories, um, expose truths, um, all the things that you didn't necessarily know come to light. They make you mad. They make you sad. They make you happy, you know? Um all the things that the jury is supposed to feel, I think that you're more likely to um, see a shift. If you if you go back to like a final two, I think a final two is probably a bit more competitive, um, particularly mm, if, you, yep, if you're seeing seasons after seasons repeating the final three format. Um, I think a final two is probably a bit more competitive. Um, yeah, I've also got views on Fire at Four and how that changes the game, but I think there's a lot <laughs> of small steps. There's a lot of small steps along the way in the game that um, <clears throat> can change that will keep it competitive at the end. Um, but I don't think sequestering the jury is is a good idea. I mean, we're no. really sad as fans that we've lost 
Ponderosa videos. Mm-hmm. And now Jerry's going to be missing out on that experience human-wise. And I think it's, it's not going to help. I, I, and I don't think you're going to get an accurate representation of the game either. So maybe those blowout votes should be blowout votes and they're rightfully blowout votes. And that's why they are blowout votes. That's what you want. You want a fair game. You know, maybe yep. now you're going to shift it and you're not going to get blood votes. It's going to be hotly contested, but it's not actually going to be as fair a playing field. I don't know. That's, well, my, know that's my two cents. I think now, if you really want to get it spicy, what you should do is show some of Ponderosa. Show how uh, people act at Ponderosa once they get voted out. Because they used to do that. They used to show a little bit of when you get voted out. Add that to the, be like, life after the vote. You say, okay, now you're in a Ponderosa. And you really see how people are because the, the show is basically over for them and how they greet you. And Dino's right. Why'd you blindside me? Why'd you vote for me? And see when you introduce them back into a small part of society, how they react to it and film that, put it on TV. People would be like, oh, goodness, what happened? I mean, I make, it a, make it a Paramount Plus exclusive. We've been saying this. Well, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can check us out on Instagram at Survivor Now Podcast or Twitter at Survivor Now Pod. You can check us out on Twitter, uh, myself, Abraham, and Dino. Our social media tags are literally by our names. So we don't have to explain that anymore. Uh, Dino, I, I'm not saying you know anything about the Survivor South Africa production, but I, I mean, the fans have been killing me to ask, when, when are we expecting a Survivor South African season soon? I know you might not be able to say anything, but what, what's your take on all of it? Because we, we would love to see Survivor South Africa back out there. Uh, let me just see if I can find the official statement. If I can't, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it off the top of my head. Uh, While well, he's can't doing find the official, can't find the official one, but essentially, um, it is on ice, it has not been renewed. Um, LaRue has said that they are in production are going ahead and designing and conceptualizing and creating new seasons going forward. Um, So they are in production in a sense that they're being created, but there's no, not necessarily a custodian to go and take that forward as such. So um, as and when I I would, I would keep an eye on the social pages as and when there's uh, announcements, basically as and when our own production knows fans will know. Um, So it's on us very sadly, but I think, Ah. I think, um, you know, Afrikaans is still at the helm. They've got it. Uh, you know, they've got um, their hand there, so it's in it's in good hands, and there's still a bright future for for Survivor SA when that time comes. That's that's all we can give hey, you guys. Wait to cover so, that. You guys, I can't tell you guys how many questions I've gotten on social media page. When are you covering covering Survivor South Africa? Are you covering Survivor South Africa this summer? I love it that it is so loved. And, you know, I know I'm like it is so loved, but let me just tell you guys, there's your answer. I know just as much as you guys do. While I do have an in with exit interviews and that that side of things, I don't have an in when it comes to when the season's going to air and stuff. So that's the only answer I can give you is uh, Dino might be a little closer. I'm like on this step. <laughs> Dino's on this step. And then production is <laughs> way up here. Uh, so Dino, I mean, again, man, thanks. Sorry, sorry we had to rush towards the ending here. I'm actually the one. Usually I'm the one who's like, let's go two hours. But I'm the one having to rush today. But Dino, I mean, we have been so excited to get you back on, man. And absolutely, you know that we were a huge fan of yours when you came out. I got the buff that you sent me right up here 
Um, it's oh, it's a little there. It is there. It is the Masu. So it's up there with the the picture as well. And Dino, we just appreciate you, man, and coming on and speaking Survivor with us. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for always thinking of me, inviting me on. Um, you know, I'll always, uh, I'm always open to doing these podcasts. Love chatting with you about Survivor. Uh, love that it's more like a casual fan chat amongst mm-hmm. mates. It really keeps it fun and light and less serious. So I really enjoy chatting with you guys. So please do keep me in mind for future seasons. Um, I'm super down to to continue. I really, I really enjoy both of you. So thanks, Abe. Sure. Thanks, Randy, and and keep putting out what you guys put out. It's it's really good stuff, and it's 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 important for survivors. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, really appreciate it. Thank you. I, I'll, I'll try not to bother you too much. That's the thing. <laughs> no, like, I don't want to, I don't want it to get to the point where Dino's like, Jesus, Randy, stop messaging me. Abraham, you Randy, got anything to add before we wrap? Randy up? has Randy's had us in all kind of clocks. I'll be checking because this is this is only my second time with the new format. It's the second it's, time with the new format. So uh, I'm like, oh, I can put my name down there. So Randy be doing all kind of new stuff. But hey, Dino, it's always a pleasure, man. You know, get a chance to chit chat. It's amazing that you live in a whole different other country playing a survivor and we're talking about survivor. Um, we definitely got it. When Australia comes back, we definitely got to have you back on so we can talk about Australia survivor because I totally love those challenges. Um, I think y'all all eat too much on both of y'all seasons, but don't worry about that. Back on the food. Um, I, I, there's one thing, Randy, I really wanted I'm, to say. No, I really want to make this no, point. No, I'm sorry, I know you push for time, but hey, it freaking blows my mind. And I hated seeing when fans talk about, oh no, 26 days is such an is a much easier format for players, <clears> right? <throat> it's their point that they reach deprivation has been sped up. They're not getting any staples, there's no rice, there's no staples what they're getting is the very little that they can forage and i cannot tell you how little that actually is so Mm, players in this 26 day format 41 42 43 44 they are suffering physically i can tell you that now without having been out there it's way harder than you look uh, than it looks um so just believe that 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 plays a huge factor and um yeah dude it 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 Look, it just me, blows my mind that people think it's easier. It is not. The, the players are suffering. You guys have it hard in that sense. Let me co-sign on what Dino's saying as far as what you're going to feel like. For all y'all future Survivor players, there is a production part of Survivor just as much as there are a game player part of Survivor. The production part of Survivor wakes you up at 3.30 in the morning that you start your game. Now, you don't know how the day is going to go, so you don't want to overeat. And so I think I had a muffin and some juice. Now, off that muffin and juice, because I got up at 3.30, I got dressed, I got ready, and that's when we found out what tribes we were on. And then we get, we go through security to make sure you don't take anything in the game. Then you get on your respective uh, rafts at that time. We, we film for three hours. All you're doing is drinking water. So that's three hours already gone. You may get to the challenge four hours later, and then you have to muster up everything that you put in there from the night before, hopefully, to that morning. Now you got to compete in a physical challenge. <clears throat> You're we, done with the physical challenge. It's over. You ain't got no place to eat. We what do we? I think we had coconut that night, and that's it. And everything else is physical after after that. But you eat what you find. So if you don't find anything, your body already starts to change, starting from that first challenge because you're not putting anything back to replace it. So remember that when you go out there playing, talking about 26 days, you don't get hungry. You go get hungry day one. 
If you go out there, you play the game of Survivor, this is what you have to expect from two former Survivor castaways. Listen to their advice. Don't they? It's not going to be easy. And if you're watching it and you're like, this is easy, apply. <laughs> Jeff says it every week. Send an application in. Go. If you think it's so easy, what? why are you just sitting on the couch? As Siri said, get, or Siri, Siri, as Siri said, get off the couch. We'll leave it at that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And as always, we'll see you next week. Man, it's a Dino. <laughs>